Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of the Emerald Planet and Emerald Planet TV. We come to you on a week-to-week -week basis from Washington, D.C. in the United States as we look around the globe in 144 different nations looking for those thousand best practices, the technology, services, and products that are making a difference as we move through the 21st century. And as we have a planet of 9 billion people by 2038 and possibly 12 to 13 billion by the end of this century, how are we going to be able to take care of all these people on planet Earth? And that's what Emerald Planet's all about. We come to you looking at the solutions, the best practices from around the globe as we create the Emerald Planet. Hello, welcome to the Emerald Planet. We're making a difference as we move through the 21st century. And seeing the long-term impacts of climate change. But we're glad to have you. Thank you for being with us. Looking around the globe, one of the greatest issues that we faced as we move towards 2050 and through the 21st century, of course, is access to potable water. And so we're adding more and more people to the planet. We're uh, going to about 9 billion people by 2038. Uh, we're not far from that already. And yet at the same time, we only have uh, just a, you know, a very low percentage of the water that's potable anyway. And so we have to look for how we're going to create new water. We have Alan M. Weiss. He's the president, CEO, and inventor of Global Water Group. And this is the, the state of the globe as far as water is concerned and the demand for new water. And this is how the Global Water Group, and most people, Alan, thank you for being with us. I think of water that looks like this, uh, but yet we're looking at a map that looks like this. What is the stress and what is the dichotomy between you know what we really have and this ideal that we're looking at right here? Well, the problem with the water in the world, as you said, there's a very small percentage of potable water. There's only 1% and the rest of it is salt water. And therefore, uh, if we start and continue as we have been doing, contaminating our drinking water, we're reducing that to become a very dangerous level. And in the future, we're growing so fast, it, we will lose that water. So we have to do something. Now, looking at uh, this, the modular, mobile, deployable, off-grid, you know, all these, uh, these nice uh, platitudes for these systems. But yet the whole thing is, is that we got to get away from what we are doing into what we need to be doing. So what are we doing now and why do we need to be moving to these new systems to create what we're now calling new water? Well, first of all, all the existing municipal systems in the world uh, use a process to move water. They don't really purify water. So whatever they're putting through the system has the problems of their source water. So if there are parasites in the source water, you get parasites. If you have hazardous chemicals in your water, you get hazardous chemicals coming through. And then we dirty the water, and then we put that downstream for the next city or town or village to drink it. Now, looking at this, why are we going to these modular mobile types of units? In other words, distributed uh, water, wastewater treatment instead of having a grid-centric based water system. 
Well, first of all, it eliminates a lot of the infrastructure being the piping that would go into systems that are modularized. Second of all, you can grow a system a lot easier if you start with a base module and then your population grows, so you grow with it. Mm -hmm. But it's also less costly to build, easier to operate, and much more efficient. Now, looking at the system in front of us, this is the one that you've been talking about. You've actually uh, evolved these. And so what are we looking at here? And why is this so different uh, than the grid-centric type systems that we have today? Well, what we have today are in the wastewater business is a system that is designed to create sludge. And then they haul away the sludge and dump it somewhere. They burn it in the air. They use it for fertilizer. But it's got bad stuff in there. Mm -hmm. But that's the system that was has been used forever. Mm -hmm. Along the, the way, we learned that you could be much more efficient with an aerobic system that does not create sludge in any form or fashion, and that the rest of the parts of the system don't create organic sludge at all. So our systems are designed never to have organic sludge. We use air and enzymes and it creates bacteria that eat up all the sludge and we don't let anything through the system that has organic sludge. At the end of the system, the effluent coming out is much cleaner and clearer. And then we go through the most unique proprietary patented systems to purify the water. Yeah, I think this is the distinction that you make is not just uh, filtered water, uh, but you're really actually purifying the water. So we're standing in front of uh, one of these units, and this is going back to this design that we have up here. Uh, we're going to get to something that actually really shows this in detail. But why is this system so small? And what, what can you do with this uh, versus these huge systems, some of them that take, uh, you know, tens up to hundreds of acres? Well, everything has its own need. And that's how we design systems. Size makes no difference. We've been in the business of making water systems for the U.S. military for over 30 years. And the things we learned is be modular, be able to connect them together. This small box actually is a wastewater system to pure clean up. It totally gets rid of all of the sludge and purifies all of the output for 2,500 gallons a day. And this was purchased by the EOD, the Explosive Ordnance Division of the Navy, and the Navy SEALs. And here it is being loaded on a container. Just now, that the, simple. Mm -hmm. The amazing part about this, this is an entire uh, water purification system in this little 20-foot container. That's actually 10 feet. Is that 10 feet? Oh, my That's goodness. That's in, in amazing. I've never even seen a 10-foot container before, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's definitely modular. Now, let's go through this. This is really the essence of what it is you're doing and how you go from uh, gray, brown, or even black water into pure drinking water. What you see there is a control system. It starts with a computer, which is on the black screen on the first unit there. And that computer controls all of the other 
computer boxes that are in there. So that controls the air in the digester, uh, all of the process that goes through the clarifier. So the vacuums vacuum up all of the suspended solids or suck them down and pull them all back to the digester. They take it through a recycling process and the recycling process, when it fills, it has to get back flushed. And when that water comes through, it goes through water purification and the computer controls all of it with a series of valves that just change everything one direction, another direction, or another direction automatically. There's no hands-on. Yeah, this is absolutely an amazing system. Now, looking at this type of container, this is going out to uh, remote areas. And so are we seeing the very same thing here we saw uh, earlier uh, as far as the intake and then the output of uh, clean, pure water? That's correct. This unit was about... 8,000 gallons a day. And the lid that you see, the roof door on the left is over the digester. The roof door in the middle of the container is over the clarifier. And the other end of the container is all the computer equipment, the recycler and the water purification. And that's mobile, easy to move around. And that happened to be right by a beautiful yacht basin in Long Island, New York. <laughs> I tell you, that, that's absolutely fantastic. And so this is something actually can uh, can be manufactured. You pick it up, uh, put it on the shipping container or go overland if you're within the United States, set it down. And it's how long does it take to actually activate the system? Once we build it, it takes a day. Mm -hmm. It actually, we can train a military person uh, that would probably be trained with their equipment for a week mm -hmm. and they'd have five technicians. We train uh, two 18 year olds in two hours and they're experts. Mm. That, the computer that... does the work. Mm -hmm. Now, what are we looking at here and how is this the uh, essence of what it is you're doing? Well, if we had to uh, take care of a, a million gallons a day instead of 2,500, uh, this is a cluster. Each of those first five container illustrations are 200,000 gallons a day. And the last uh, piece of equipment on the left is the recyclers and the, the water purification and the computer controls. So there's a million gallons a day. If you have 5 million gallons a day, make five clusters and network mm -hmm. them together. If you have 50 million gallons a day, then you just keep adding clusters and they're smaller than an equivalent part of an existing old style wastewater system. That's what I find amazing because I've been in many of these uh, plants worldwide uh, and they are huge systems. And yet you're taking, you're making them very modular. You pick them up, you move them around. And uh, this is look at it as they're, uh, you know, moving these things. So what it is that you move them with and how long does it take to actually join these together so that they actually start and be operating? Well, actually these are containers in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. So they just go up on a flatbed and they're hoisted in and they're put up on a, uh, in a ship to a cargo ship to take them wherever they're gonna go and dropped into place. Mm -hmm. In this instance, that was a 40 foot uh, system that was in two 20 foot segments. And all we're doing is connecting hoses in between. 
and the military wanted them in 20-foot segments so they could put them on a, on a plane and ship mm -hmm. them somewhere. I see. So it, again, it's uh, having them as modulars and get them there. Now, looking at uh, your factory, so actually you uh, design, draw, uh, lay these out, put them together, and then you can put them in the containers as we just saw here. And so these actually are outfitted as uh, complete systems then. We were in the process of making uh, six complete systems for six base camps in Iraq and Afghanistan. Just amazing. And these uh, go, as you say, on these trailers, take them off to the seaport if you're going to ship these overseas. And that makes it uh, very, very easy. Now, looking at your collaborators, the ones that are actually using this, uh, want to be using it. What is so significant about uh, these organizations? Because these are huge. They're well known all over the globe, yet they're using your systems. Well, we have the only system of its kind in the planet. And it's, we are now patented in over 40 countries. So if someone was to be regulated to use this type of systems, get rid of all sludge and end up with potable water, there's only one place to go. But that's those, all the different military branches, different companies that manufacture for the military, because military was our business for a, about 30 years, 90% of what we did was military. We also deal with ExxonMobil, with drilling rigs, and we've dealt with Disneyland because they wanted an emergency water purification system. So if Mickey Mouse loves us, everyone should. <laughs> Uh, where is the Global Water Group going over the next 5, 10, or 15 years? And you have 10 seconds, and that's it. We are going to be the system for all future development. That's a great answer. Thank you very much, Alan M. Weiss, as we create the Emerald Planet. Uh, we're looking around the globe as we, we grow to a population base of about 9 billion people by 2038. And quite honestly, we're almost there already. So how are we going to provide the types of quality water to the humans, the animals, the plants, even the microorganisms that we need on planet Earth to take care of each other? The Global Water Group, this is led by Alan M. Weiss, President, CEO, and Inventor. And we're talking about the nanotechnology. So we have this ideal look here that we have as far as the, the water is concerned. But actually, we look at this map and we see these huge gray areas, bright red, orange, uh, and then yellow. So, Alan, uh, what are we looking at here in these maps? And what are these actually telling us about the state of water on planet Earth? We're looking at a map that tells us there's a shortage of water uh, in countries all over the world. And uh, we're also looking at probably what the quality of water is that's coming out in those countries. And all over the world, we have that problem, whether we have water utilities in the Western countries, which we do, or we don't have any utility. Yeah, yeah, this is just amazing where we're going. We're gonna be talking about the nano filter and uh, why is the nano filter so important? We'll see this uh, this image again. But why is the nano filter so important? 
The nanofilter is going to solve the problem of our water needs for the next 50 to 100 years. As bad as the water might be today, we foresee it getting increasingly worse with the input of pharmaceutical drugs, other kinds of drugs, uh, sludge, all kinds of contaminants, and even it might even be uh, uh, terrorism around the world. But the nanofilter, you believe, is actually going to be able to address all those different issues? The nanofilter, as we have designed it, will handle everything known and everything theoretical. Mm -hmm. mm. That's a bold statement. Now, looking at this, uh, what are we looking at here? And this really goes back to the protocols as far as the WHO is concerned. And uh, this is nothing new, but what are they telling us that we really haven't been doing for the last 50, 60, 70 years? Well, the World Health Organization said they're really very simple to purify water. We have to do three things. One, we have to remove parasites. Two, we have to remove hazardous chemicals like heavy metals, insecticides, pesticides, radon. And the third thing we have to do is kill bacteria and viruses. You do those three things, you got great water. Unfortunately, the WHO said very few municipal systems in the world do those three things. And if you don't have a municipal system, you certainly don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do to remove parasites is you have to filter to one micron. Mm -hmm. Now you don't see anything in a glass of clear water below 22 microns. The municipal systems of the world hope they don't have parasites in their water because they're moving the water so fast that there's no way they can go down to one micron or you'd have a drip coming out of your faucet. Mm -hmm. The second thing that they have to do is remove hazardous chemicals, and that's not filtration. That's what we call absorption and adsorption. And you have to use a formula of different media. Carbon is an example of media, but a formula of them in order to grab hold of all the hazardous chemicals. Now, Again, the municipal systems can't do that because that takes retention time, even if they had our proprietary formula. So that doesn't happen. And they hope that nothing like that would come through the water. And if it does, they have to tell everybody, don't drink the water for three days while you boil the water. Mm. Other mm. places, it always comes in. The third thing you got to do is you have to kill the bacteria and viruses and the world uses chlorine. And the World Health Organization for 60 years has said, stop using chlorine because chlorine in water that has not been thoroughly cleaned or purified, and they didn't do step one or two, that creates carcinogens. And probably half of the world's cancer or more is caused by the chlorine in the water around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very bold statement. Looking at this unit, this looks very different than the other one. Why is it so different? It's processing more water, so it's a little bit bigger. And it, everything is geared to size for us until you get up to uh, containers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you can do a one gallon a minute, or you could do a million gallons a minute. It all mm -hmm. depends on what you need. You could do 10 million.
Now, looking at this, this is kind of laying it out very uh, systematically and very carefully for us about the three things that we have to get rid of. So let's go through that again, because we really want to have our viewers to really understand probably what they're actually not getting uh, out of their own faucet. In the first uh, housing that you see on the left, we are filtering to one micron to remove parasites. In the second housing, we have our formula for removal of hazardous chemicals. And in the third housing, we have an ultraviolet lamp to kill the bacteria and viruses. You put your water through that, if that's a gallon a minute, you're getting purified water better than anywhere in the world. And uh, these uh, two units we're gonna be looking at now, how are they different? Uh, and are they doing the same thing? They do exactly the same thing. These are a little bit bigger housings. I do two gallons a minute. Mm -hmm. In this particular unit, uh, which we designed for Y2K when the world was going to come to an end, and you see on the top of it is a hand pump. Mm -hmm. We use hand pumps, foot pumps. We use a, a, a wind uh a fan in order to generate power. We have battery power or we have electric power. One way or another, we get the water through those three processes. The one there on the right is the filter. The next one is your uh, hazardous chemical removal. And the third one is your ultraviolet lamp. And that's the little power box on that. Now uh, we're looking at this again, the same kind of configuration. Uh, but this one actually has another added feature. What is this added feature? Well, this one is for about five gallons a minute. And what you see there is a housing in the front on the left that will pre-filter out at maybe 10, 20, whatever microns we want to pre-filter, depending on the quality of the water that we've been told about. And when that fills up, gets the sand out of there, the dirt out of there more, so it doesn't clog up the rest of the system. And you change it. You can see it, you change it, wash it off, use it again. Then you go to a five micron, then you go to a, a housing to remove hazardous chemicals, and then you're back to the ultraviolet lamp. And again, you got perfect water coming out the other end. Mm -hmm. Now, this is uh, has a unique history to it. And uh, also, I understand this unit and one just like it has been lasting for well over a decade. Yes, these units uh, came about when there was a uh, uh, flooding a hurricane in Honduras. An acquaintance of mine called me up and said, I need to provide water for my friends and family in Honduras. And the government is moving quick enough the hurricane was still there. And I, the moment it stops, he was flying down. So he told me the size of the door of his plane. And that's how we created that size. He put two of them in his plane. And he flew directly down to Honduras. He had generator in there. We had for him and everything. And one of those is still running. I don't know, it's like 18 years later uh, at the police station in a city in Honduras and the other one at a hospital. Mm, that's just, these are really, really tough units. Now, looking at these uh, trailers, this is something that I find uh, intriguing because 
you just move these wherever you want, uh, whether it's a stationary location or you're moving around from storm to storm or natural disaster to natural disaster. Uh, what's important about this? Well, the most important thing is that you can move it around and it is mobile. Uh, these particular units are a 20,000 gallon a day system. And uh, we started with the uh, Florida National Guard bought a couple of these for emergency use so they could travel with it whenever they needed to go. And this was one of a group of about five different veterans hospitals that bought uh, either trailers or platforms of the same unit as backup to their system if their water system failed at the hospital. So they would have always pure water going into the hospital. We gave them generators and everything to run it. And that's what they did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Still running. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a, another configuration. Why is this so different? Well, this was a combination of both water purification and reverse osmosis to pull out brackish water from uh, drilling rigs out in West Texas. And it was a little more involved. So you have a computer control system up there mounted and you have the entire system that will take out the salt as well as clean up the water. And it just so happens that we also put back some natural minerals into the water. Mm -hmm. I tell you, these are very elegant looking uh, designs. I really like these. Uh, having these on these small trailers uh, what's the significance of this? This looks like they're actually even hand trucks. Yes, that's how we designed them. On one of the one of the little trailers, we have a, a desalinization system, and our military desalinization systems can run only fresh water, only salt water with everything, so that they could get the drinking water, salt water, but they don't need it for drinking; they use it for maintenance by pushing a different button, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. And fourth is that actually it can run both a desalinization and a freshwater system simultaneously. Mm -hmm. The second trailer was a two trailer unit, had a back, has a generator, all the control system supplies and everything that goes with this trailer. They hook them together and that they move them wherever they wanted. We sent 35 of those to Afghanistan for the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and this one, I understand, this is desalinization. Yeah, that's strictly desalinization. Those are the membranes up there on the top to uh, take out the salt from the water. The problem when you take out desalinization, it takes out more than salt. It takes out all the minerals as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to uh, go right to this one. Nano filters, why is this the path of the future? And we only have 30 seconds to do this. Well, I decided that I was going to try and combine both the filter for the parasites, the removal of hazardous, hazardous chemicals, and the, the killing of the bacteria and viruses in one filter using nanotechnology. And that's what that is. We have now patented that in 60 countries around the world, and we intend to be making it very shortly. That's fantastic. Alan M. Weiss, CEO of Global Water Group. Thank you for being with us as we create the Emerald Planet. Thank you. Looking at the state of water around planet Earth, 
one of the things that we have to worry about is do we have enough potable water, not only for human beings, but for animals in order to, and then to grow our food as far as the plants are concerned and to keep alive the microorganisms in the soil because it takes all four of us working together to have civilization on planet Earth. And Global Water Group has actually been ahead of the curve by decades looking at the issue of water and how to actually generate new water, but pure new water. That's a huge difference. This is Alan M. Weiss. He's the president, CEO, inventor for the Global Water Group. And he's talking about how do we get here, but when we're actually here as far as this map is concerned. And so we have this huge map. We have uh, some yellow areas, but we see uh, huge red and bright orange areas all across the globe including the United States, even up into Canada. So Alan, uh, looking at the state of water and the fact of we see this as our ideal, uh, but we're looking at this map. What is this really telling us? Well, it's a map about the shortages with regard to drinking water. And even though there may be a lot of water in some places, they don't have good drinking water. Mm -hmm. So if we need to have it, we got to get the systems there quickly that could cure the problem. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to be talking about uh, a unique situation. This is disaster recovery. And so we're going to be looking at different uh, projects and uh, you know, some other countries, uh, but looking at this backpack, uh, looking at this, how do we think, uh, you know, this directly relates to water? Each of those backpacks is a water purification system mm -hmm. and they're designed for special forces so that they could jump into an area uh, from 33,000 feet, hit the ground, find a mud puddle if they have to, and put a hose in the water, and two minutes later, get the best water in the world coming out of it. Mm. And our military depends on the quality of water for survival wherever they are on the planet if they can't count on the water in so many locations. Mm -hmm. and, as, and as we saw from the map, they really can't. Uh, jumping from the backpack into uh, this trailer, uh, but it seems like the same thing is going on. It's just bigger in scale, size, and amount of water it will provide. Am I correct? Well, this is a desalinization system, mm -hmm. and it's for an emergency use. Uh, happened to be for the Turkish Navy, uh, and we delivered that to Focha in Turkey. And it's a 14,400-gallon-a-day desalinization system. Mm -hmm. It is state-of-the-art. And uh, it's very interesting how they can call us after they first use it to say, what did you do to make this water so good? And the only thing we did is nothing. What we did was we cleaned it and we got rid of the bad stuff. We left all the good stuff in, whatever good stuff needed to be added, we did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like this stuff and stuff. Uh, tell us about this equipment. Well, inside that trailer, you have to have some big membranes to take out 14,400 gallons a day because in salt water, in order to hit the level of salt that we provide for the military, which is substantially more than what the U.S. military normally provided over the last 50 years, uh, you have to take in at least three times the amount of seawater to get a part, one part of fresh water coming out. Mm -hmm. 
This is because you're really producing uh, pure water. I, I've seen this image before. This is it has intrigued me ever since I've seen it. What's going on here and why is this so special? Well, that was at a refugee camp in Syria uh, 30 years ago. And what we did was immediately gave them equipment that we could, again, purify the water they were bringing in. They would bring water in and put it in these very large uh, bladders that sat along the ground and they may have the 25,000 gallon bladders and who knows how what kind of water they put in there. And we had to take out all the dirt, take out all of the, the, the bad stuff that's in there, parasites, hazardous chemicals and everything, and then purify the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is an amazing looking system, but it's so elegant as it's just sitting there. And that's one of the things I think is so amazing about this. Uh, you have these mobile units behind you. Why are these uh, important? Well, again, these are used for emergency. This is the Florida National Guard. Uh, we were at a uh, show that they were demonstrating their units. Uh, and it, it was a desalinization system so that they could move it anywhere there was flooding or anything else. They moved those into the islands when they had hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Okay, now uh, this is getting a little larger. So tell us about the size and scale of this and uh, the type of terrain and also the type of conditions where these machines will be operating. Well, this is water purification, not desalinization. And it's a 20,000 gallon a day system, also owned by the Florida National Guard. Mm -hmm. Now, looking at this, desalinization going to this, uh, how many gallons are you able to desalinate with this system, which looks on the surface to be about the same size, but what is the difference as far as the output? You don't see it on the other side. <laughs> oh, the, other, okay. the other side are the, the membranes that take out the salt water. So it actually produces less water than this system. Mm -hmm. If you don't have salt water, you can produce it three times the level. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead and uh, let's just talk through some of these and uh, the unique nature of these and, and what are we actually seeing? Well, the, the these two units were the freshwater units of Florida National Guard. Uh, very interesting, great group of, of military men and uh, really dedicated. They came up once to uh, try the system before they uh, got it delivered. And the first thing the uh, sergeant on the left said uh, at our plant, he said, uh, is it okay if I have that unit outside and take it apart? And he did just that. And for three days, he took it apart and put it back together again. He knows more about our system than any other one person on this planet. <laughs> But the whole thing about that really goes to the heart of my question is uh, you train people to maintain these, but actually it seems like they're very simple. Very simple. Mm -hmm. and, and he knows because he has to have 18-year-old kids in the military to run these things. Right, right. So it must be simple. Uh, yeah. Tell us more. This is training uh, special forces in uh, Fort Bragg. And uh, we were explaining to them how to run a system that became the major mobile system for the special forces. It's an 8,000 gallon a day system. It's called the M8000. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is just so simple. Everything is computer controlled. 
it's very easy for them to run anywhere in the world. And they brought it, they have them all over word. That's in 40 countries, uh, in five continents with mm -hmm. the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. Now, going to the special operations, why must they take their own water? It looks like, you know, we go around the world, there's always going to be water. You know, we're spoiled in the United States in most cases. Uh, but what is the situation they're facing when they go into, uh, say, the African continent or Southeast Asia, Latin America? What are they finding there and why must they have this type of system? They're finding water they can't drink. They don't have time to boil water and go through it. They have to be able to pump water out of some location, fill up their canteens and move on. And that's what they're there for. Many times it's security. Many times it's they're helping countries with other things. And they, they have to have quality water. They can't be sick two hours later. So they have to rely on this. And we have been selling the U.S. Special Forces of every branch for the last 30 years. Mm, that's absolutely amazing. Now, this looks like a very relaxed group, but I understand they probably know as much about your systems as you do. And uh, and yet, you know, they are the ones that are almost the backbone as far as uh, any deployment around the world, whether it's for national, national uh, disaster relief or anything else. Why do we have to start focusing on this age group? And that's going to take us through 2050 and beyond. Well, because water is so important. And you were absolutely right about how much they know and what they can do. So much so that the sergeant on the right there, when I came, he they asked us to give them another presentation of how the equipment worked. They had bought five of these units with mm -hmm. solar panels and everything, those M8000s I just showed you. And they were going to deploy into South America and they needed to have a, a review course on it. Mm -hmm. And I started to talk to the Sergeant and I said, did you read the manual? He said, yes, sir. He I said, good, you conduct the class. And he <laughs> did, and he did it better than I could have done it. Mm -hmm. And it, it is amazing how, how smart these kids are, how dedicated they are, and how important it is to make sure that they have the best water in the world. Yeah. And the whole thing about it, too, is they're dedicated to each other and they're dedicated to their mission. And uh, that really uh, motivates you. Now, this is a very looking configuration. Uh, why is this so different? Well, this is different. This is how it got we got into the wastewater recycling business. Uh, we got a call from uh, ExxonMobil on a drilling rig out in the Caspian Sea, and they had bought one of these systems that ate up a lot of the sludge, not all of it. They were going to dump it, but the effluent, they were not allowed to dump. The government, uh, where they were going to be drilling offshore, told them if they killed one sturgeon in that water, <laughs> that they were going to lose their $100 million oil rig. <laughs> mm. And so... We design these just to recycle that water and to purify it so that they could drink it. And they have been running that since 1999. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, this is a very uh, elegant looking system as well. Tell us what this we're seeing. And we're almost running out of time, Alan, and I will have a last question for you. But this is our first uh, mobile uh, small one 
one gallon a minute desalinization system that we had to make so that it would fit in parts in a canoe and they would bring it through the Delta in Nigeria where they would use it on drilling rigs so they have fresh water for the troops that guarded the drilling rigs in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. We sent 35 of those yeah. to Nigeria. Yeah. And uh, in this is, uh, and we're getting to where I want to be in, in just a second, uh, but it seems like it's very easy to move these around. So you have different sizes. Uh, you can move these around uh, globally, uh, but I want to go out with this. Why Mickey Mouse? And you've got 15 seconds to say why Mickey Mouse and uh, why it's important for Disney World. They called and said, we have a problem if there's ever a, an earthquake and we're out of water we can't pump water and everything else we are responsible for 72 hours for all the people in the park can you give us water out of all these lakes we have that are really undrinkable and we mm. did that yeah mickey mouse you saved him alan m weiss thank you for being with us as we create emerald climate thank you sir We're talking about water for the globe. We're going beyond now, well over 7 billion people to 9 billion by 2038 is the estimate. And so how do we provide water for all living beings on planet Earth? This is the challenge that was carved out over three decades ago. That's a long time in today's world. Global Water Group, Alan M. Weiss, he's president, CEO, inventor. And we're gonna be talking about a, how do you use really dirty, filthy water? Almost beyond uh, brown water, almost black water. And so he's going to be talking to us about how the technologies they have that can take that black water and turn it into something that's actually drinkable. But we look at this map around the globe and we see how uh, the expanding areas as far as the, the bright orange, the red, even the yellow. And so we have real challenges on planet Earth. And Alan, tell us what are the challenges that we have as far as potable water and uh, where we're headed right now if we don't change anything. Right now, we are contaminating our water faster than it can rejuvenate itself. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and uh, looking at this map, I tell you, it just uh, really is almost frightening to look at the the, all the areas across the globe that are in dire straits. Now we're gonna uh, show this image and we're gonna come back and revisit this uh, right at the end, Alan. Tell us quickly what we're looking at and why is this so important? Well, we're looking at, at building a unit that will be able to provide purified water to communities that don't have power. And here we have a solar powered system and a wind powered system both solar and wind will be generating energy in, in stored in batteries and we design this so that there be enough battery power to last for 10 days mm. so that whether you had clouds or you had rain or you had anything else and it would constantly be working purifying water for a community mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is incredible. Now, this is uh, this is something I asked you really to design for me, and you have already done this and done it dozens of times around the globe. Uh, but we keep talking about these very simple systems. Uh, can be uh, wind and uh, uh, air uh, powered, and at the same time, we can be using solar. We can be using low flow hydro. Uh, if it's to have enough, it's wave action. So why is this system, it's very simple, but why is it so important? Well, most communities around the world don't have water utilities that are purifying the water. So where are you getting your water? You're getting your water from a local river, stream, lake, ponds, anywhere you can get water. Mm -hmm. And rivers are notoriously very dirty. Mm -hmm. And so we designed this so that we can get that dirt out of the system and then purify the water. And then you'll be able to deliver it to the people in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what we're looking at here is that actually, when you say deliver it to the community, really deliver this to the community because we're looking at uh, you know, what we'd use for uh, milk uh, tanks in the United States and uh, providing the water so that they're not using old gasoline or uh, diesel tanks. Now, we're just going to go slowly through this, Alan. So let's take our time, uh, talk about each one of these features and why is it they're so important? Well, the first thing from a river is we're going to use submersible pumps in order to pull the water from the river. Now, you do that and in such a way as the actual pumping mechanism is below the surface because you're going to get more debris and, and dirt floating on the top, and you got a problem of dirty bed water. So you have to get it sort of in the middle mm -hmm. as best you can, and you have to create and, and make a platform that'll be secure, depending on how bad that river is in pulling it. So you have to anchor it in place, and you're now gonna pump it up mm -hmm. to, the, to the water system itself. Mm -hmm. Now, looking at this uh, dual filtration, why dual filtration? Well, you, what you have to be doing is you're going to be running through one of the dual, one of the two tanks, and you're going to be filtering all of the dirt down to some lower amount, hopefully in the level of about 10 microns, which is even below what you would ever see in a clear glass of water, but not down to the level where you're purifying and taking out parasites or hazardous chemicals or anything else. But you gotta get the dirt out of there, it's sand and dirt. And as soon as the first tank fills up, you'll have a computer system that'll automatically say, okay, let's switch to the second tank and I'm gonna have a back flush tank, the little blue spot you see in the middle of the two. Mm -hmm. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna now back flush the first tank to make it clean and ready to take dirt again while we're filling the second. And the back flush tank is constantly refilled after it does its back flushing. It takes the next batch of clear water and automatically fills up and waits for the tank to fill up by everything done by pressure in a computer control system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's very important to understand. Now, battery array, why you have batteries uh, in this? You know, you're gonna be uh, using maybe even uh, wave action from the river itself. Uh, you have the wind and solar, why batteries? 
wind and solar don't mean anything. One is a fan that's turning a generator and the solar is an energy source. But during the day, if you have a lot of sunlight, you may be able to use that power. But if you're gonna run 24 seven, there's no sun at night. And mm -hmm. if it rains or it's cloudy, you don't have any solar power. So what you have to do is run your solar, solar power to be at a high enough level to recharge two complete rows of batteries. Mm -hmm. These are the highest tech military batteries on the market. And that's a good technology that they're making better every day. Mm -hmm. So we have to have enough power left in those batteries. So if you don't have wind and you don't have sun that you can keep running the system because the people still need the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's for sure. Now, what is a backflush and why is that important? You mentioned that earlier, uh, but so why is that so important? Well, you have to now clear out that first tank that's sifting out all of the dirt and sand. Well, you don't want to put that dirt and sand and wash it back into the river where you are because you'll just pick it up again. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is have a pipe go further downstream and disperse it so it's not going to be an ecological problem and it also disperses that dirt downstream. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking at this purified water storage and this is something that's critically important. You and I have talked about this a, a great deal. So uh, about the tanks, how do we keep them uh, truly purified? And then also I want to incorporate in this conversation, Alan, what we need to do once this out this water is delivered to the villages and people are bringing out their buckets and their their mugs and uh, bottles and all these other kinds of things. And most of those have been contaminated by, you know, who knows what. And so you can make all the purified water you want, but if you're getting it in a dirty container to take it back into your house, uh, that's not really helping much. Well, you've got a good start here because now all the water that comes through those uh, dirt filters, that water is going to go into purifiers. It's going to filter to one micron and remove all hazardous, all parasites. Mm -hmm. It's going to hold all hazardous chemicals and heavy metals, and it's going to use ultraviolet to kill all the bacteria and viruses. So you got purified water. We're going to put them into tanks that are holding purified water. I use dark colored tanks because that will hold it from being contaminated too much. We do put chlorine after we've purified the water, which would not create carcinogens, but would keep bacteria from growing while mm. it's in the tanks. And when you bring it into your mobile tankers to bring it into the town, to distribute, that's all it's designed to do is not create bacteria for that. You've got a, a road where they'll come along, you'll fill up all your tankers and then we'll go in. The people that are bringing their jugs in to now fill up with water, we will have a system designed that will have dis disinfection uh, fountains in effect that mm -hmm. they'll just put their jug over and push a button and that'll disinfect their jug. And then they can put the purified water in. And when they go home, they got purified water. In fact, we'll put a drinking fountain on the other side so that these 
young people come in there with, with empty jugs for miles. They got to carry this heavy stuff with them on the way back. Water is heavy. So you want them to get a drink of water before they leave. Mm -hmm. I, it, you're, the whole system that you've developed is absolutely brilliant. And this is something is needed in many countries across the African continent, Latin America, Southeast Asia, even the South Pacific Islands. We need the same kind of system. Now, looking at this, this rooftop uh, solar panels, and also you're incorporating the wind generators uh, into this. Tell us what we're looking at here and why is security so uh, wonderfully important, you know, for any of these systems? Well, first of all, they're very valuable and you, you got to protect it. And the, it, the people will become dependent on having quality water. The health of the community will change overnight. Mm -hmm. Children will live instead of die at a young age because of the poor water. Mm -hmm. Everything changes. That's worth securing and defending. Mm -hmm. Now, having the uh, rooftop solar panels, uh, why there? Uh, why not put these on the ground somewhere? Uh, why have them on the rooftop? For, first of all, they're out of the way. Second mm -hmm. of all, they catch the sun rays better. Actually, you can you design your unit where you place it based on the flow of the sun mm -hmm. so that you put the solar panels to collect the maximum amount of energy you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, this is uh, we're showing this up close as far as uh, the rooftop and uh, the solar panels uh, and the tanks is going to be carrying this into the uh, villages, the towns, even the cities. And also you have these uh, this purified water with the, the spray heads. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful system. Well, let's go back to this, the solar wind powered humanitarian village purification system. Let's go out on this. We have about 30 seconds, Alan. What do you want to say about this as a recap to our viewers, both here and abroad? This is the end result of what you're going to do in the village uh, because you will have created this and you will have, if you need to have more power, we can put more power there. If you need to have that I showed the, the disinfectants on the side of the units here mm -hmm. and on the other side of their fountains. Uh, this is, this becomes their source of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this really becomes almost will be the, the center of the village, the town, uh, different areas of the cities. If you have this, this absolutely pure water coming out of those uh, filthy rivers and streams and ponds and all that. This is Alan M. Weiss, President, CEO, Inventor of the Global Water Group as we create the Emerald Planet.